Welcome to the Gunning Truth with Ronnie in association with the Arsenal Cape Town Official Supporters Club, a podcast that dissects all things Arsenal. So more controversy as Arsenal, uh, in some cases, some people say luckily beat Leeds United away at Elland Road last Sunday. And uh, others feel that uh, we defended well at times uh, with maybe putting a bit of pressure on ourselves by not pressing as a team and not being able to get onto Leeds United, especially when they were in control in the second half. I feel it's a bit of both. I also feel that uh, it was a very difficult trip to Bodo Glimt in Norway, far trip in the Europa League on Thursday. And uh, unfortunately, once again, things that I've discussed and things that various Arsenal fans have discussed is that uh, the squad is just not deep enough and that will affect performances, especially if players, whether they are only playing 50 minutes, they are having to train all the time, they're having to travel, and uh, sometimes it's a little bit difficult in the Europa League. It's not the same standard of clubs that you're going to. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it sounds like an excuse, but the uh, conditions are not the same. We had to play on a 4G pitch. And then I think I heard somewhere that uh, I watched one of these podcasts or live shows on YouTube where Arsenal could only train on Saturday because they stayed overnight uh, and only left around Friday. They only arrived in London Friday evening. And uh, obviously we had to travel uh, the Saturday evening again. So you basically just slept at home the Friday night. Had to train early probably on Saturday morning. And then obviously the team had to travel uh, on the Saturday. They had to travel to Leeds and then obviously stay overnight in Leeds as well as uh, prepare the next morning for a afternoon kickoff. It was three o'clock South African time, so that would have been one o'clock UK time. So uh, there just simply isn't enough time to recover. And obviously our squad depth isn't really there. When we do try and make changes, it just seems like one or two players are uh, uh, one or two steps behind. And that could either be due to the fact that they are not playing regularly, so that is a fair argument, but another fair argument is they are simply not good enough. Simple things that certain players cannot do that uh, uh, comes into the team. And obviously, when I say come into the team, they play the Europa League games and then they don't end up playing the full game, which means you now need to bring on your top players either to kind of rescue the momentum of the game or uh, it is that, that we need to change uh, things around a bit or the players are not sharp due to the fact that they are not playing. So there's lots of ways that you can look at it. But 
my main thing is I'm very happy for the win. It was a huge win. Uh, all sorts of nonsense again took place and you just thought maybe this is not going to be Arsenal's day because as a fan of that particular team, you're concerned about all the shenanigans that took place at Ellen Road. We are obviously on a high. We would like to go four points clear. And then these power failures. It, sound, it felt, felt like uh, load shedding in South Africa. But uh, obviously the game started and then the communication to the referee. Uh, I think there were lights that went out and then the stadium announcer couldn't make announcements. I did hear him make announcements as the players went off the field, but I don't know what happened after that because a lot of fans said that there was very little communication for the fans that was in the stadium. And then due to the power failures, they couldn't communicate with the trucks or whatever that makes the ball go over the line or, or, or the information that gets through to the referee when they did the testing of, like when the referee went to go stand at the goalposts and put the ball over the line. There was no communication for the goal line technology as well as VAR. So annoying that something like this can happen in a multi-billion uh, euro or pound industry in England. But it happened to us, not to anybody else. It's already a difficult period of time where there's so many games. We've got the squad that we've got. We are top of the league. We're trying to improve our, our standard as a club. And then external factors comes into play. And uh, the only things that we can control is the squad that we have. And we need to look into that, uh, especially when we go away for the warm weather training in Dubai. We need to assess, especially the players that's supposed to come and assist the current starting team. The current starting team might be good enough uh, to push through and win most games, but it's simply not going to just be them. And... Uh, the proof is in the pudding. We've struggled the, uh, the last couple of games, the two Europa League games, as well as the league game now against Leeds United. We weren't sharp. Let's just put it like that. So we weren't sharp in any of these games. And uh, uh, three consecutive 1-0 wins, and that includes this evening's win over PSV, which I will get to. Uh, yeah, We can't complain. The only thing is, there were incidents in the game. And funny enough, it, uh, if it wasn't for VAR, we would have lost the game. So if it is that uh, the clubs agreed to continue playing without VAR, then uh, Arsenal definitely would have lost uh, because of certain incidents that took place. I think there would have been two penalties. Uh, or advantage, say for example, it was 1-1, and then Leeds United would have had an advantage uh, moving into the game. But once again, we continue. Arsenal then go four points clear with uh, the huge Liverpool-Manchester City game that took place a couple of hours or hour, hour and a half later at uh, Anfield. And no power cuts, no issues there, no VAR issues, and uh, Liverpool ended up winning 1-0. Now, obviously, I don't feel we're going to win the league or overall compete with Manchester City, even though we're the only ones for now, seemingly, we are top of the league, we're four points clear. But uh, funny enough, it would have probably been prefer uh, preferable for Liverpool to drop more points because they are obviously going to uh, start putting results together and obviously creep closer, especially if we do go through a difficult period. But you never know. We never know. We're going to keep on pushing. 
uh, and we've got Southampton next uh, this coming Sunday, three o'clock kickoff again, and then uh, two tricky games against Chelsea away as well as Wolves away. But that's next month. We actually I keep forgetting about the Nottingham Forest game at the Emirates Stadium. So if we can just get through the Southampton and Nottingham Forest games without any issues. Uh, we are seemingly dropping in terms of level at this moment in time, but that, I feel, is due to the squad depth and uh, the squad uh, being, you know, kind of, I won't say in the red zone because it should still be early in the season, but it is a lot of games, a lot of intensity in our play that we put into games. So that is a bit of a concern with regard to the drop. There is still good, very good moments. I just feel that we, last couple of games, we don't really... Uh, put teams away, uh, even though you can say we've had less chance create chances created uh, uh, in the last two or three games than normal, but it just seems like we're not quite putting the ball in the back of the net. But we are winning. We we doing enough, and maybe that is going to be key. Uh, being able to do enough when you are tired, when you are maybe not performing in large chunks of the game, as we did in in most games that we've controlled in the first part of the season. So uh, these are all positives when you're not playing well to win football games and getting the three points. Up the Arsenal, four points clear. Southampton next. Just a mention, uh, are we nitpicking too much on uh, the Arsenal performances? And when we do nitpick... Is it due to the fact that we're concerned about the squad quality? Uh, when you analyse the Arsenal squad and you look at the performances, because uh, what I've noted uh, when we, we when I went through the fixtures, uh, let's say just slightly over a month ago, just before the Europa League started, that every Thursday there's going to be a opportunity for the players that hasn't played enough to start getting games. And uh, when you analyse it, I don't think they've taken their chances. Let's let's have a look at the team. So okay, so you've got Ramsdale and you've got Turner. I felt Turner has taken his chances. He's looked very solid in the Europa League games. There's been four games up until now. And I felt that he's been solid. Uh, maybe looked a bit iffy against Zurich in the second half, more so. But furthermore, the rest of the games, first half against Zurich and the other three games, he's been excellent, I felt. So there's an able deputy there. And we all know that your second keeper isn't really going to be the same standard as your first keeper. Otherwise, why are they there? And then uh, our fullback situation looks positive. Uh, Tommy Yasu, supposedly our main right back, but he can play left back and left centre back. Performed really well against Salah at left-back and then struggled a bit against Leeds United. Uh, we've got Tierney that's looking good. And then Ben White's been excellent on the right. Cedric has barely played. I actually don't think he's played at all this season. From what I can remember, maybe a substitute appearance, that, but I can't quite remember him uh, taking part. Uh, but he is there. And then uh, three centre-backs. Holdings come in and done well, really well. And then we've got, obviously, our first choice, Saliba and Gabriel. So it looks okay defensively. It maybe is more to do with defending as a team when it comes to clean sheets. So uh, I can't complain there. In terms of uh, when we do rotate, uh, there's been no problems from a goalkeeper standpoint as well as fullbacks and centre-backs for now. 
individual errors here and there from Gabriel as well as Saliba. Saliba own goal and gave away a penalty. So we can't criticize Gabriel when he's been relatively solid. It's just that Saliba has been so solid that uh, we, again, the theme of this segment is nitpicking. And then in midfield, if Thomas isn't there, then Sambi plays in the six, as the Europeans like to call it. I've said before, I call it a number four, but let's call it a six. Uh, so the single pivot role, Sambi's been playing there mostly. And uh, maybe you can say when he has Xhaka nearby, it's not that bad. But uh, I don't like the way he plays the number six role. Because, or due to the fact that he is actually a left eight, which is where Xhaka plays. So it's a bit of a conundrum there because Alneni won't be back for the run of games before the World Cup. So obviously Sambi has to continue playing there. And if anything happens to Thomas, uh, then obviously Sambi has to play the number six. Uh, how many games are there left? We've got uh, just finished PSV where Sambi was okay. Uh, didn't, yeah, like I said, I don't like the way he plays the six role because he looks like he's an eight and he tends to not be where we need him to be as the number six. So that is my concern and it's a very important role that he plays and part of our only loss of the season so far was generally due to his positioning. Even though he played okay actually, he actually had worse games other than the Man United game but uh, that is basically my concern, the, 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 the conundrum of the 6 and the 8 role. Obviously, we've had Xhaka continues to play in all competitions, so that's not a problem. And then, uh, uh, unfortunately, El Nani is not there. And then the other issue that we've currently got, and that's not helping, is Zinchenko. I actually forgot to mention him when it comes to the defensive side of things. But he would have also been uh, assisting us in midfield. So, um, Ateta said in the press conference before the Europa League press conferences that uh, Zinchenko will take part. He isn't very far away, but it's a concern that he hasn't been able to train uh, at this moment in time. Hopefully next week he's available in training, so maybe he still misses uh, Southampton, or maybe he's on the bench for Southampton, but hopefully he gets to then play uh, in Eindhoven next week. And then, what else is in midfield? Obviously, Vieira and Odegaard are seen as our right-sided number 8 slash 10s. Uh, happy with both, but I feel both can still produce more in terms of assists and goals. Uh, actually, if you look at Vieira, looks small in stature, but he has actually, despite not really taking control of games, his stats are actually quite good. His passing is good. He makes sure that he's always in position to receive passes. He's always looking forward. But, uh, yeah, he da could lose balls quite quickly but or easily, uh, as they say. But I feel that he can actually, uh, uh, he has, he has actually portrayed a role, especially if Odegaard has to go off. So I haven't seen enough yet. I still feel there's more to come, hopefully second half of the season. Uh, and obviously ESR, Emil Smith-Rowe, really, we really need him to be part. So Elneny and Emil Smith-Rowe are going to be key for the second half of the season, as well as hopefully getting another midfielder in. 
uh, I don't think we're going to cope if we don't get in a winger and we don't get in a midfielder. Uh, I know a lot of people keep talking about the striker. It just doesn't look like we're going to go for anything cheap or short term when it comes to a striker. We would rather put money in for a midfielder and a wide forward, I think, uh, in the now. Because strikers, the very few that will make a difference are obviously going to cost the arm and a leg. And even those that will make a difference just as bench players are expensive as well or not available in January. So that is a bit of an issue, especially when we go looking in uh, January. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying this guy's name correctly, but I think he plays for Salzburg, possibly. Uh, I think he's been linked with Man United, Sesco or Seco, something like that. That is someone that we really need to take a look at. I don't know if he still is at Salzburg, but he is a f uh, a f can be a wide forward and a centre forward. He's got everything about him. So that's possibly someone that we can look at, but that's possibly an expensive uh, a summer deal. Up front, we're looking good. Uh, I would like Jesus to score more. He's absolutely amazing in the build-up play. He pushes, he dribbles, uh, the same as, as Martinelli, you can say. Uh, lots of dribbling, lots of uh, energy. But uh, like Martinelli, I would like him to score more goals. Saka is looking the part, scoring every game. Uh, extremely happy with him. Unfortunately, uh, when we need that assistance, Marquinhos at this moment in time, I don't know what happened after the Zurich game. Uh, he obviously had a couple of good performances for the under-21s and then played very well against Zurich in the first Europa League game. And then, uh, I don't know if it was the training or the intensity of what Arteta expects from him, but it just seems like it's gone a little bit of a, there's been a bit of a dip uh, post the Zurich game. And uh, obviously Arteta played him against, I think it was Bodo Glimt at the Emirates and wasn't happy and then didn't play him against Bodo Glimt away and didn't play him against PSV. So, uh, but he did come on against Leeds, but not really an impact if I can say so. Uh, so that's a bit of a concern, especially when we are looking at players that can aid in resting, in the rest. Uh, maybe a possibility of the Wolves game. Uh, maybe not. I think we'll go full strength in the four league games that's left. Southampton, Nottingham Forest, Chelsea and Wolves with changed teams against PSV next week. And then... We've got Zurich in the last game of the Europa League. We will probably guarantee top spot in that game because I feel we'll probably have to make more changes than not against PSV in Eindhoven uh, and then possibly lose that one and then obviously finish the job against Zurich at home also with a, with a change team. So it's going to be interesting to see what Arsenal does. But my main issue and my nitpicking is in certain positions. Uh, where we need assistance from other players, players that's currently on the bench, that's not been taking their chances in these Europa League games that they needed to have taken their chances, uh, i.e. Marquinhos and Nelson. I, th I feel we can trust Vieira more, even though Arteta is still, I wouldn't say shouting, but coaching him in games due to the fact that the work rate, the work rate needs to go up, especially with the way that we want our 8 slash 10s to play in the system. So it's still very positive. It's just looking ahead and nitpicking. Come on, the Arsenal. 
Right, so uh, this recording is obviously done uh, just after our Europa League game against PSV. Uh, my thoughts in short, uh, once again, it's no secret that I do not like this competition. But I do watch the game so that I can, you know, have a kind of a gauge, especially this season where I'm looking at watching uh, the Europa League games more intently because I feel this is the opportunity for these squad players and squad players that can really help us uh, to, to, to make a stake or stake a claim, as they say, to be involved, especially when we need to rest players in Premier League games because it's going to be a long, arduous season. It's going to get worse after the World Cup and we're struggling already, it seems like, uh, with uh, being able to maintain our intensity. So another 1-0 win for Arsenal, third consecutive 1-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, I thought we played very well for large parts. Uh, PSV sat off quite a bit. They actually don't really play this way, which is quite strange. They tend to attack more. Obviously, they play in the Eredivisie, which is a, a very... It's worse than a Farmers League, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, they tend to obviously have more of the ball and create... Uh, chances through Gakpo, a player that's been linked with Arsenal, the PSV captain. And uh, they tend to play quite a lot through him. And then Xavi Simons, who tends to play as a left eight slash right winger, or right right eight slash right winger. And uh, I think they were probably the players that were the brightest in the game today, as far as the opposition is concerned. But they really didn't create much just when Arsenal was a little bit sloppy with the ball, there were chances where uh, I would say PSV overloaded certain parts of the field, especially when maybe Tierney was high up the pitch. Then uh, they created chances uh, on the right. And if uh, Tommy Yasso was a little bit high up the pitch and didn't track back, then there was Gakpo on the left wing. But uh, they didn't really cause problems. Uh, very, very strong Arsenal team. Uh, very good performance again, even though he wasn't really needed. Uh, from Turner in goal, we had Tommy Yasso at right back. He had a good game. One again seems to win all his headers. Uh, Yearn their positional issues, but uh, that is just due to maybe a bit of slack passing, whereby he was caught out, especially when he's trying to push forward, and uh, the quality of the passing in midfield wasn't there. Uh, Tierney excellent again at left back, so he's really pushing for uh, Arteta to stop now with a Tomiyasu at left-back. Uh, then we had Holding and Gabriel. They were very good. Uh, nothing really came through them. And then Xhaka and Sambi, the deep-lying midfielders. You can say that they interchanged the six and eight roles uh, in this game. Uh, Sambi, again, neat and tidy at times, but then also a passing can go astray. I don't know if it's concentration. I don't know if it's the pressure of him having to perform because uh, he's getting these opportunities. So that's also another thing. There's a lot of pressure on, on some of the younger players that needs to perform in order to better their position at the football club because Arsenal has their starting lineup already sorted. Uh, yeah, and then we had Vieira in and out of the game, who didn't do too much, but from what he did do, uh, when it came to attacking opportunities, he was he was decent. I, it, it wasn't uh, uh, eye-catching. And then up front, I thought Niketi had an excellent game. It's just once again the 
the finishing wasn't there. Uh, I thought all of the front three were excellent, but they were a little bit wasteful, in my opinion. Uh, so Saka on the right, Gabriel Jesus on the through the middle, and on the left you had Nketiah. I thought if I have to go and watch the game again, or just watch all the forward play and the intricate movements that we had, I thought they were excellent, but very, very wasteful. So we, I think we had 22, 23, or possibly even 24 chances. And unfortunately, we just won 1-0. But that's all that really needed to take. I don't think we overdid ourselves in this game in terms of energy. We kept the ball well for most parts of the game. Here and there sloppy, but that's a, a general Europa League group stage sloppiness that comes into our play. So Arsenal are five clear. Uh, in terms of uh, how the group stages look, uh, the group stage log looks, Arsenal four games, uh, three is it three clean sheets? Yeah, three clean sheets. We only conceded a stupid penalty in the first game against Zurich. So uh, three consecutive clean sheets since the 2-1 win against Zurich. We obviously beat Bodo Glimt 3-0 and then 1-0 and then we beat PSV 1-0 with a tough away game in Eindhoven, the Philips Stadion next week, Thursday. So we are five clear. Uh, PSV has to play, obviously, they host us. I have a feeling that they can win that just due to the fact that, number one, okay, maybe you can say they're going to obviously come out more, so obviously more space for Arsenal to attack, but I can't see us putting out a very strong squad. Maybe we will uh, due to the fact that we're playing Nottingham Forest on the Sunday uh, afternoon slash evening. So we do play Nottingham on the Sunday, but it sh we should be through already. Maybe just a draw, but yeah, we, sh we should be through. We can play kids in the next two games. We've got 12 points from out of 12. Maybe we need one point to guarantee top of the log in, in the two games. So worst case scenario, we can then just win the last game. So we should be through on top, and then obviously PSV will very likely finish second. They obviously have a tough away game against Bodo Glimt in the last round. So it is possible that, uh, well, it, it, it will still be up in the air if they beat us because then we would be still on 12 and they will be on 10 with a better goal difference. Uh, if they do beat us, let's say 2-0 or 3-0 or 3-1, or the only way they will beat us is if we really play the youngsters. But I didn't think about the fact that we are playing Nottingham Forest on the Sunday. So it's possible that we could maybe rotate both games, make sure that uh, most of the main guys plays most of the minutes of the two games. So and, and next season, we, get, we won't be able to rotate because if we do make the Champions League, then it's only going to be tough games. So you're not going to be able to rotate. So we need to actually get into this playing every three days. But what a season it's going to be with all these games coming up. Rumours that Arsenal will be playing Manchester City in January, which means we play Man United at home, we play Tottenham away and Man City at home in January. Plus there's going to probably be a... If we do beat Brighton, which I don't think we will... Uh, because we're going to have to make changes in that game and they will play full-strength team. But if we do make the, the Carabao Cup, then uh, we will be playing Carabao Cup and FA Cup as well as those three tough uh, league games in January. So, yes, we have to look ahead to these things. So, Arsenal should be top of the log in their group. 
12 points, 5 clear of PSV. We obviously go to Eindhoven next Thursday. So we're looking good, top of the log in both competitions. A couple of days ago when I did this podcast and in my women's segment, I said that Arsenal have one of the toughest possible away European games that uh, women's football can play, and that is against Olympique Femine. So that's the Lyon ladies team, the most successful team in women's Champions League history. And Arsenal, women made history in one of the most scintillating victories in the history of women's football. Arsenal beat Lyon at their home ground, the European champions, the reigning, defending, undisputed European champions, 5-1. What a display. I honestly thought it was going to be a comfortable win for Lyon. Uh, however, a lot of the journalists before the game say that Arsenal actually have a chance to do something due to the fact that Lyon has about six injuries and six world-class players are injured. So obviously, uh, when you have all those injuries or when you have suspensions uh, and it's a top-quality type of player that is out, then obviously the dynamic of the game changes and Arsenal were simply superb. Uh, Jonas Edevel, the manager of Arsenal, made an interesting change. So our top uh, attacking player, Vivian Miedema, who generally used to play as a number nine, has been playing the last season and a half as a number 10. So behind a central striker called Stiner Blackstenius, a Swedish striker, However, he decided that he was going to take her out of the game and uh, play another midfielder in the number 10 role because he wanted runners in this game. So tactically, excellent, excellent display. Arsenal attacked the Lyon wide players because that's where they were the weakest. So uh, their left back and right back and Beth Mead as well as Caitlin Ford, a Australian attacker. Beth Mead uh, finished second in the the women's version of this, uh, I can't stand it, uh, player of the year, uh, Ballon d'Or. Uh, by one vote, she missed out to a player that was injured for most of the season. So once again, this bias against Arsenal players, whenever Arsenal player is uh, selected in these Ballon d'Or. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into the past now, but I stopped watching the Ballon d'Or since Thierry Henry was robbed all those years ago when Nedved, I think, won the Ballon d'Or. But anyway, old stories. What a win. First Champions League night in uh, for Arsenal away from home against the European champions. 5-1 victory. And uh, the world is talking about it. Obviously, people that listen to this podcast probably haven't watched the second of Arsenal Woman. But uh, I advise you to watch. They are really doing well. Uh, They are just due to goal difference, not top of the league. And they are playing Liverpool uh, away from home on Sunday. So they could obviously regain top spot. Man United doing well this season in the Women's uh, Super League. So uh, looking forward to the season with the Arsenal women. They do play Zurich, funny enough, a team that's in the Men's Europa League group. Uh, Arsenal are playing them at the Emirates Stadium uh, in a week or two from now. So looking forward to how the women progresses in the Champions League. It's quite amazing to see an Arsenal team in the Champions League. 
Long may it continue. Up the Arsenal.